When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Welcome back to uh, Claret and Blue. I'm James Rush and this is uh, Pat Rowe. We're here to uh, go over West Ham again and uh, <laughs> deal with all the fallout from that match. Of course, there's been a, a lot of fallout. If you've been on across social media, you know, you've been reading the news. It's a lot to go over actually bouncing back from that match so we have to go over West Ham again unfortunately but uh, look ahead to Southampton and uh, I sound like I'm lying when I say this yeah. but hopefully yeah. some positives coming forward yeah. for Aston Villa um, how are you feeling in general and um, welcome to the show as well uh, thank you for having me yeah I'm ready to do it all over again I'm filled with blind optimism as I usually am in the week but yeah it was disappointing against West Ham weren't it but it's a must win it's a massive game it's probably the most nervous I've been for a game in a while to be honest it's the how bad the international break could be if it goes mm. bad again. Yeah, eager to get going. Thank God it's Friday. Get it over. It's done well. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I feel I feel um quite bad about this match. I feel like I'm not basing this on any, on any stats. I just feel like a Friday night away match at Southampton is not what we not what Dean Smith in particular needs yeah. right now. Not what Villa fans need right now. Um, you know, I do feel for the people who have to actually travel to Southampton on a Friday night, but I think in general the context of it and where it's taking place, not the not the best time. Uh I mean, obviously they're in better form than us who isn't really in a yeah. better form than us. But, <laughs> <laughs> going off that I think it's probably you know look there's, there's 19 other teams in the Premier League they're all there deservedly so I think I'd rather be playing Norwich though yeah. right now than, 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 than Southampton but Pat let's get into West Ham and uh, I know Matt and Dan obviously had to break that down afterwards um, only positive of that match is I left on the final whistle and still managed to get <laughs> home within half an hour which is absolutely <laughs> bizarre um, not many positives coming from that part um, anything you can take that's a good thing no, it's, it's one of those things. I feel like it's happened quite a few times in the past few weeks where the results have like just silenced or suppressed the positives that you could yeah. like hope to take from the game. So, like, you've got Wendy that's picked up a pocket of space, showed his quality in the final third, and set up Ollie Watkins that needed a goal. And you kind of just got to disregard it at this point because of the performance itself. I thought the goals originally in the first half kind of replicated the game last season as well. It was like, oh, we're back in the game. Oh, we could get something here. And then just seconds later, as soon as you get a bit of hope, it's like it just comes crashing down around you. And to be honest, if I was being a bit picky and a bit harsh, I probably thought Martinez, the, the travelling with Martinez has caught up to him a bit in that game. So I thought last season he maybe saves both of, the, both of those chances. I think that was possibly the same story in the Two one, then three one defeat or two one defeat to West Ham last season, where I thought Martinez probably could have done a lot better with those two. But yeah, man, it's a, it's tough on to say he's not making the same saves as last season. But I don't know, it seems a bit off for him in that game. I feel like there's that big hole. I mean, we'll obviously come on to Dean Smith and, and everything going around a bit later on. Um, lots of comments flying in, in about <laughs> that kind of predictably so, and uh, welcome them all. But um, with Martinez, I feel like the credit in the bank argument goes a lot further. Yeah. I feel like if there's one player who can have a few off games, 
it is Martinez. And uh, yeah, yeah so traveling as well, isn't it? He was in Argentina on Saturday, I think. So it's just I wouldn't be able to play. Well, I was in I was in Berlin a few weeks ago, and it was like an hour and a half, and like knackered. Like gone, yeah. gone for three days. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. And obviously, they're paid yeah. very well to do such stuff. And it's an honour to represent your national team. And um, of course, you had to visit for a family issue as well yeah. most recently. But it's a lot to do and a lot to kind of take on. And you know, the role he has in Villa is so, so, so very important. Mm-hmm. He needs to succeed at that as well. So uh, a lot going on he was, there. He was going out to draw as well in that one with the first goal. There was so much space on the left side. I don't know if it was Target or Bailey not tracking back, but. You can't allow that much space because it just drags everyone across and then it gets in Martinez's way, his eye line, everything just from their domino effect, isn't it? Speaking of kind of Dean Smith's decisions then, um, some poor ones in the game. I think the one that stands out particularly, not the Ashley Young kind of substitution, but also the decision to drop Tyra Mings, mm. arguably very valid because, uh, you know, our defence hasn't performed to the same standards. There's four four or five members of that defence who aren't performing to the stands. Probably Matty Cash is the one really redeeming himself. Ezra Cons is doing all right, but compared mm-hmm. to how superb he was last season, all right is somewhat of a drop-off from, you know, absolutely smashing it last season. Not putting much of a foot wrong, but it isn't the same as last season. And a decision to drop, drop Tyrone Mings, you need that reaction and you need Courtney Hawes, mm-hmm. Ezra Cons to step up as well as Cash, Target, Martinez. Um, then we have a situation where both of them arguably could have been sent off in the same yeah. <laughs> the same phase of play. Um, what do you make of that decision? Um, obviously, hindsight really helps. I think we we're all going, kind of, okay, understandable, but we need to see it. Didn't happen, Pat. Yeah. Yeah. He, he looked a bit frustrated on the bench, didn't he? And I, I can't say I necessarily agreed with dropping, but I could see why you might want to drop him, but... I think it's come out today that he's, he was apparently like furious about it and hopefully that provoked a bit of a reaction. Like, I think when he came on, he looked a bit like moody and like a bit fired up for it. So if he takes that over into Friday's game, then hopefully we're seeing the performances that have got him in the England team and not the performances that we've seen in like recent weeks where he's just kind of either made a mistake or not been like able to make a lasting impact on the game or help us in any way. But yeah, I think Southampton... They've got the lowest aerial success rate across the Premier League at forty one point seven percent. So if Mings is followed up for that, I think he's six foot four. Southampton's main centre back, Salisu, uh, I think, is six foot two. Mings can make a difference from the set pieces if he's followed up for this one. So we'll see what happens after the reaction. Needs to be followed up for this one. I can't see any any other option now. Yeah. I think. You know, a lot of the conspiracy theories start to come out now about losing the dressing room, players unhappy. But what you've seen from the physical reaction in the last few games of a number of players, Buendia, Sanson, Mings, um, you know, it only fuels that fire. And whether there's something there or something not, it is a difficult conversation to have because it feels like when these things come out, it's very much the the end stage yeah. for a manager. Um, whether you adore the current manager don't want him in or kind of in between these kind of things don't you know putting my villa glasses on here don't see situations like this happening the kind of the villa sophia where everything gets better and sunny of course it has happened to dean there's been a few slumps and a a few bad runs more than a few bad runs in in, in his time of charge but there's also always been a reaction and a bounce back apart from this calendar year when you take 2021 part to the burnley match where we look stunning everything that's happened in between yeah where are Villa at now after that West Ham game? What kind of what kind of style of play do we have? Who are we? 
as a team and what are we going to be? What what can we change really quickly from that West Ham match to the Southampton match? Quick turnaround as well. It's one of those. I think it's it. You can't make you can't keep making excuses for the results. Because obviously, there's there's you can't the performance aren't good enough. The stats aren't good enough. Just like the the whole results aren't good enough for the team. You can't keep going on this way. But it's like the second half last season, injuries and all that stuff, you know what happened there. This season, it was always going to be a transitionary period, but obviously it's still not good enough and you can't make that excuse. But I think it's now about just trying to get the best out of the players you have and grinding it out. Like, if one, like last season, I think we've beaten them once in 10 games, Southampton, it was last season, it was 1-0. And it was... We we clung on to it. We, was it Matty Cash's uh, handball or something? Was that the first half? You didn't get given a bit of luck. Maybe we need a bit of luck to go our way. You need to grind out a result, but it's just it has to happen somehow. I think Leon Bailey needs to come good as well. He needs to show his quality, and then players need to step up. Like if hopefully Douglas Louise is fit, Sanson maybe comes into the picture. Ollie Watkins got a goal. Needs to carry on the form. But yeah, he needs to find an identity of some sort. It's just difficult at this point. Yeah, and I feel like there can be no question about dropping your captain in the next match because of course as you can't being suspended because of yeah. the uh the, the var incident and the red card that followed so what does the lineup look like for southampton then does it change at all bar the mings thing from um west ham are you making more adventurous changes um because you go back to the midfield conversation jacob yeah. ramsey of course unfortunately injured has been a bit of a bright spot for villa yeah. this season carney chukwameka isn't brought on ashley young is and not much changes West Ham dominant midfield. I think that midfield question is going to go right yeah. up to January. <laughs> so hopefully you don't get uh, bored at speaking about it. But how do you yeah, see Villa yeah. in- <laughs> talk about um, For me, I'm just I'm sat here praying that Douglas Louise is injured. I don't think we've heard anything about it yet. I'm just praying he's he's fit for this one because obviously Marvison Campbell was this one of like, one of the bright sparks against West Ham. You know the defensive effort, big tackles, breaking play up, and all that, and even looked okay on the ball at times, picking out a pass and and whatnot. But if you can get him hold, holding the midfield and then Douglas Louise pushed further forward in like the Jacob Ramsey role, then it was it was the same as against Everton, I think, when McGinn went off and Nakamba came on and just sat in front of the defence, helped out. Douglas Louise broke the deadlock with that pass to Matty Cash. And if you get him in the further forward, I think he can really cause problems and show his quality. So I'm just praying that he comes into the midfield and then Leon Bailey, maybe give Buendia another go. I don't know if Danny Ings or the severity of his injury is. And uh, yeah, hopefully Watkins can carry his form over again. Yeah, I think a lot of points back um, to obviously the decisions in the summer to replace Jack Grealish. You you bring in your, your Ings, your Bailey, when they are not all firing on all cylinders. Um, conversations on whether they're playing the right side of the pitch or not, whether they can all fit in at the same time. Um, it's really difficult because arguably, theoretically, it's the right thing to do, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. The perfect thing to do is buy Danny Ings, Emmy Wendy, yeah. Leon Bay on paper. Um, as we find it out in real time, probably doesn't work yeah. as to its plan. So I think the survey that Birmingham Live have put out, um, big question now about Villa Slump. How do they rest it? What are the reasons for it? Is it managerial decisions, injuries, illnesses, the international back and forth, reliance on set pieces or a mixture of it all? Um, one of the big questions is, did Villa need to sign a midfielder yeah. in um, the summer? And I initially, back in the club, probably thought no, because you buy that defensive midfielder, it might be you have a separate bank of attack and defence, and that mm-hmm. midfielder is just doing that job yeah. of breaking up play. Um, changing opinion now probably looks like a 
could have invested. I can see why they didn't because of the bodies there. We're seeing this collapse in real time, Pat. Yeah, it's one of those. I think to get all the, the attacking talent we have in the team, you have to play that four-two-three-one we lined up in um, against Watford in, and the majority of last season. But we just don't have the like McGinn and Louise don't like they don't. It's not they're at their best when they're in a midfield two, or they have to be in a midfield three. So like someone's not caught out and whatnot. So maybe it was just down to signing. Uh, who were the options again? Czech Decore, uh, Anguissa. I can't really remember Buka Kamara. Those types of players that can just sit in front of the fence, break up play, pass under pressure, drag the team forward, and just kind of like that enforcer in midfield. Maybe that can operate within a midfield too. Because currently, it's either you operate the midfield too and you're susceptible on the counter or defensively, or and you get all your attacking talent in. And you try and win like four three. Or you you continue the way we are and we're struggling a bit at the minute. On that struggle, um, obviously a lot of coming coming in about the managerial situation, what Friday means in the big picture. I think you might be of the same opinion where Friday, I feel like a win, dare I say, almost papers the cracks, um, unless it's followed by more wins, more success. Mm-hmm. Um, Villa haven't looked especially competent in the last few games, I think Wolves, oh, Wolves is a tough one um, because mm-hmm. that stuff happens. Douglas Louise goes off and it collapses. That stuff happens, but there's been no reaction. Said yeah. Arsenal should be it's a reaction. Yeah. West Ham should be a reaction to Arsenal. So, yeah. you know, you can isolate and say, look, it's a bad run of four games, but this happens a lot. There's been kind of whispers about a new manager. Um, there's been whispers about Friday being this big kind of deadline. Whether there's any truth in it, we don't know, but fans have kind of latched onto it as it's got to win or it's mm-hmm. bust for this current project. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, we don't really want to be saying stuff has got, I think a comment's just come actually, just as about to say it, stuff has been going on behind closed doors. We can blame the manager, but we can also have a look at the structure. Is the manager in charge of buying these players? Is the manager the yeah. guy who said, don't buy the central midfielder, don't invest in central midfielder? Is the manager the one behind all the decisions? I don't think so, um, personally, because of the modern setup Villa have. They have Johan Langer, Christian Perzler, of course, involved in football matters. Got a big scouting team, a big coaching team. Um, but the manager's the one who needs to provide the results. So probably a bit of both. Um, but at the end of the day, Pat, there's only one person mm-hmm. who's going to bite the bullet for the run of form, yeah. the bad performances, the disappointingness. And that's Dean Smith. So yeah. talk to me a bit about that. Okay. The, the Wolves game is a difficult one, isn't it? Because for la- the majority of that game, I was I was quite happy with the performance. Obviously, it's well documented the uh, absolute collapse that happened. Yeah, that just can't happen. But I think that's to do with the substitutions. But it was out of his control to an extent. But then again, games like Spurs, Arsenal, West Ham, the games where we were playing five at the back when everyone was asking for us not to play five at the back. I know we changed against West Ham, but I felt like we needed to change. It's not a one system fits all league. So Dean Smith has to take some criticism for the performances against like Spurs and Arsenal because they were always gonna. You can't just sit back and let things happen. If you could identify a weakness or a strength in the opposition, you probably need to change the way you play, like around it type thing. It is a must-win on Friday because you can only see it. we're going in one direction. If he doesn't win, and even if he does win, I think the questions are going to be there because you need that form to not just be oh we've won one we've out of five and then we've gone on to lose the next three you need to you need to put a run together and you need to break away and stop the club slipping into this relegation battle because i wouldn't say we're we're at in a relegation battle but if you're not careful you you slip into it pretty fast so 
yeah, it's a difficult time, isn't it? Yeah, I think I struggle with the whole in and out kind of argument because I think a I think that whole thing is very led by you know Arsenal fan TV the reaction to mm. Wenger the kind of nastiness and the toxicity in that. So I think I think all vill- all opinions are really, really valid. I think it's just how you use those vid- opinions and whether yeah. you're battering someone over the head with those opinions because I okay. just speak to a few kind of colleagues here. It's like if you don't, if you're on either side of the argument or on the fence looking onto the argument, it's like you're on the wrong side. You can't be, there's, there's no right side yeah. to kind of take. So it's really hard as well because I don't feel that Villa's ownership would look and see bad things and not react because I think when we were playing football manager and messing around yesterday, Pat, um, the real life topic, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the, the owners haven't got to where they are in life without making really, really critical, tough, mm-hmm. yeah. rational decisions without empathy. You know, that the presidents is at the top of the game in the business world, and that is a cutthroat to say the least it's not normal business it's, it's vulture capitalism venture capitalism it's it's taking these tough decisions redundancies all sorts of that stuff and and taking advantage of other businesses it's not going to sit there and go off oh, villa fans really love dean smith dean smith's a villa yeah. fan this is good enough he's, he's absolutely not to you know to, to sit there and think that villa aren't going to make a move is ridiculous but they have the information more so than you know anyone to act on that but all i can say is that i really hope it gets better and i really hope yeah. there's a, a turning point here but Based on evidence, Pat, it doesn't look to be coming. No, there was no reaction against Arsenal. That was just the first 45 minutes were dismal, and that's to do with the system. So he's got to take the blame there. Like the minute we switched to a 4 3 3 in the second half, we looked a lot better. But anyway, they gave away to Emil Smith Rowe literally instantly after that. But the game's gone at that point. Like the game is already out, pretty much out of our reach and bar like a mental comeback. But yeah, it's just one of those we need a reaction so bad because I think. Everyone's hoping for him to turn it around, obviously, unless you're on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. But it's a results-based business and you can't keep making excuses for Smith. And it does seem to be like a do-or-die moment on Friday. And and like I said before, it can't just be that one like anomaly of a result. If we do win, it needs to carry over throughout the rest of the season. We need to put like a, a West Ham-type push on to make similar progress this year. Yeah, I think it's all a, a bit of a shame because we all want to see Villa succeed. And the truth is... You know, depends on what ownership put out as the target this season. If it was 15th, then probably not bang on target for that. But as you said, the relegation scrap, I think two of those places are already taken, to be completely honest. But there's also one place. And do Villa want to slip into that battle? Or do they want to be a bit more comfortable? I think uh, only time will tell. And again, Norwich and... I don't, want to, I don't want to say that other team out loud because yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel like it'll be really, really hard for Newcastle yeah, to turn. They haven't they got rejected this morning, didn't they? That's, that's, that's the other issue with a manager search. Newcastle have all this money, and it's supposed to be it was like going to be attracting all these players and big managers. But I think Emery's rejected them this morning, and I think the other candidate was Eddie Howe. So. Is he the man to push a team on? I'm not sure. It's just a difficult time to be looking yeah. at vacancies as well, isn't it? And when you're talking about Villa and kind of gunning at this managerial change or, or whatever, or a changing yeah. system, you're looking at teams who are looking for new managers. There's a big project at Newcastle where you can start with a blank slate, even though that's got off to a really, really bad start off the pitch and on the pitch, of course. Um, Barcelona as well, Tottenham, Man United. Mm. You've got a club, if you yeah. want to be looking at this next year manager, there are other clubs in this situation as well. Um, it's just about what 
Villacan pictures this project because yeah. it looks like they've got a disjointed thing going on, whether they can push that, push that forward. Um, but Pat, I digress. I think we need to speak about Southampton and how we're going to yeah. win this match because we're all here for results. I don't think anyone wants us to lose this match. I think there's a, probably a, a few Villa fans that probably would want a loss just yeah. to make sure that there's a managerial change, but I think they're in yeah. a few. Again, all, all opinions vary, but I never want to see Villa lose, even if it's yeah. just to get my ultimate aim, where, whatever that may be. But one Villa to beat Southampton on Friday. How did I do that, Pat? It's one of those. I think Alan Hutton said a few weeks ago that Villa needs to just go back to basics and go back to the what made them a good team, which was just pressing relentlessly at the opposition. And then for for me, the basics probably would be to attack the set pieces again this week. I mean, if bottom of the league for aerial success rate, they probably are quite susceptible for a, to a long throw in or a corner. But in recent weeks, we haven't even had the delivery to threaten from these opportunities. So everything's been just kind of, as a domino effect, been quite disappointing. I think if Douglas Louise comes back, I think his his delivery was the one Hawes latched onto against United. Bailey can put a good ball in, he, the own goal against Everton. In terms of other things, I, I know that Southampton press you relentlessly in the attacking third. I think they lead the league in pressures in the attacking third. So they, we're not going to get much time on the ball. Mings and Hawes need to be quick with it get out to players that can pick the ball up deep and get us forward. So maybe Sanson comes in if he's back from illness. But other than that, I'm not sure. You need your star players to step up. Leon Bailey, it was a tough game for him against West Ham. They're so organised defensively. It's just difficult for any player to grow into the game. But Livermento, I know, likes to get forward. He's a bit of a cheat code on the um, fantasy, isn't he? I think we both got him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. If if he's bombing forward, then Leon Bailey might have some space to run into. You utilize his pace on the counter. Maybe that happens, but yeah, I don't know what you think. It's it's how you motivate this uh, this kind of dressing room because I feel like when Dean Smith took over from Steve Bruce, you saw kind of an immediate change. You saw the pressing, you saw the lack of a man just screaming press, mm-hmm. press, press all the time because it was actually yeah. something that begun to be coached. I think you reached that step where they transformed. Nowadays, it's very hard to see what style of play Villa want to implement because they have either a brilliant time implementing that that style of play against a team who is suffering, or they're not allowed to implement it at all. West Ham completely disrupted Aston Villa. I know there's a huge amount of mitigating circumstances if we really want to go into that injuries, red cards, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Yeah. Et but at the end of the day. West Ham are a team that made their own look very, very well yeah. on the day. Same against Arsenal. You know, we, mm-hmm. we weren't allowed to implement our style of play, whatever that was, until we changed the formation. Um, Arsenal completely disrupted whatever we wanted to do with the back three, back five. You back to Wolves and Tottenham as well. Um, yeah. Complete collapses. So I think really basic thing is getting the team motivated again and giving them something to fight for because it seems almost like a bit of a free fall now, whether we, we want to admit that or not things are not going in the direction that we hoped um, because yeah. there's a way to finish safe and comfortable without Jack Creation as a way to really put all the cards on the table and risk a lot of things, which yeah. I feel like is a direction uh, Villa are heading in. Sometimes the, the right idea isn't to scrap the entire plan, but make it better. Yeah. Um, but, you know, your, your departures of John Terry, which is okay before two days before the season, mm-hmm. introduction of new coaches, one into the season. It seems a bit of a structural headache yeah. for Villa, even at the top, before you even get to the dressing room. So I don't know how they fix that within two days, but there needs to be yeah. you know, some heads banged together and, and the team needs to pull through because 
we all want to see Villa succeed on Friday. Absolutely no doubt about it. I think it's going to be a really hard game. Pat, you mentioned last year at St. Mary's, very luck, you know, very luck-based. We need a bit more than that. To be mm-hmm. honest, um, the one good thing is we I know we probably don't have Danny Ings on Friday, but at the very least, Saints don't have him because yeah. I feel like he was a, a massive danger man. Uh, they have the next best thing though in Adam Armstrong and uh, you know yeah. Shay Adams. So you know there's still there's still massive threat there. As you mentioned, Tino Livermentos, players who are kicking on for Southampton. They seem to have a style of play: win, lose, or draw. They're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. If they're losing nine nil or uh, giving us a run for money, but I feel like it's going to be a very tough game. But I think that defence needs to step up first and foremost, yeah. whether it's Martinez, Mings, horse target, Conza, that they need, not Conza, sorry, Cash, <laughs> they need to step step up and uh, start being counted for. Because they have been they have been far too weak and I think the mm-hmm. pressing as well, the midfield, um, Nakamba, bar the theatrics. And Brian the intensity, didn't he? It was, it was kind of a welcome sight to see it. And in midfield across the whole pitch. I think Villa are down there for le- lowest distance covered in the league. I don't know if that's to do with the fact that when you have a back five, you kind of sit back and just let them come on to you, just the hope you can clear the ball or whatever. But it's one of those, and we do need an intensity. Something needs to change. And I think it was evident, the tension at the club was evident with that young substitution, wasn't it? It was like, oh, I've got a, a centre mid that perfectly suits the the role that I need to put on the pitch, but I don't want to take the risk. So it's kind of what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is doing now, isn't it? I think last game he, he relied on Cavani, Matic, Ronaldo, the older, more experienced players to try and drag him out of a hole. And I, I don't think that's the way on Friday. I think he needs to probably take a risk and maybe play Sanson, Louise further forward and just go for it, go for the head, try and just play the football that we've got the quality of players that can. Yeah. Ideally, if, if those are available, I think that's key. But also, without overlooking the camber, I think more yeah. the question for me would probably lie over John McGinn, who hasn't been banged up to scratch, I think, for a while. I think there's been flashes where he's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I think he's really struggled in this midfield. The, the whole midfield, let's be honest, has struggled. But if you're having a player like the camber, step up. And yeah, he's gonna he's misplacing passes, but yeah. essentially playing the role of three midfielders because John McGinn was absent. You know, we had the yeah. change after one after uh, Cons got got sent off. He's essentially doing a lot of work in that midfield, and um, to see him do so, um, you know, it was marvelous. Uh, yeah, marvelous. <laughs> but you need no you need more than that. <laughs> you need more yeah. than that, don't you? You need players to step up, step up, and not be you know throwing his arguments. You want to show the passion on the pitch, and we're not yeah. seeing a great deal of that. Bar. Nakamba running around sliding everyone <laughs> on, a, on the Sunday so you know we need a bit more from McGinn need a bit more from the defence because your attack can be brilliant you can have Watkins Brendier's assist to Watkins perfect only real highlight of the match apart from mm-hmm. Watkins goal Leon Bailey wasn't able to get involved at all the plan didn't work if that attack wants to be brilliant it needs the midfield to mm-hmm. at least exist and conversation about Douglas Louise we've had earlier flying all over the place you know, with, with Brazil when he's been on duty. Mm-hmm. The constant amount of football he's had, he hasn't had much of a break. Um, Sanson, whatever's going on with him. Jake Ramsey now out. The Carney Chukwemeka situation, actually, I think there was a report yeah. earlier today uh, on The Athletic, Greg Evans, um, saying that um, the contract situation isn't resolved, so that might be why he's not getting picked. But That's true. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole frustrating thing where it seems like a lot of things are really running away from us, you know, both mm-hmm. kind of structurally and on the pitch. So you have the mess here and the mess, you know, behind the scenes almost, Pat. So really, really, uh, 
really difficult kind of match to kind of (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's not look it's not all doom and gloom I think most of us you know we I think we're uh, hopefully the majority of people watching us everything's going well for you depart apart from Aston Villa Um, but look at you know I feel like football is a lot life and death but at the end of the day yeah only a game isn't it so take it seriously um hopefully things can get better I really am uh, a bit doom and gloom at the moment, but look, let's see what like, we have to. We have to see the match that comes up, though, Pat. Don't we? we have to see yeah. what Villa can do. The Get evidence isn't there. That, like, yeah, the <laughs> evidence isn't there that there can be this massive, brilliant turnaround. But who knows? Look, let's, let's see what can happen. As I said, might be papering over the cracks a little, but mm-hmm. if that, that's what it is, I'll take it. I'll take a yeah. one. I'll, I'll take a one nil and scraping a one nil on Friday all day long. Because we could go. Oh, we need to. We need to change things for the long term project. But at the end of the day. The win is going to sell up, sell up your weekend. What better way than a Friday night win over Southampton? As hard as it yeah, might seem to be envision right now, but yeah. look, it can go. It can go one or two ways, Pat, can't it? One hundred percent. I just, I just beg that we just grind out a result. I mean, like I said earlier, one in ten. I've, I've got, I haven't got fun memories of going to St Mary's. I think I can think of the the Barker goal and then Libor Kozak and Delph. I think in the three two. Yeah. I remember going to school after that one, being a bit pretty gassed for a few days. But yeah, we need a result. We need a response. We need an actual reaction. And the other games, it just hasn't happened. We need players to start stepping up. And the international talent we've got start stepping up. But yeah, I'm not, not sure where it comes from at this point. Uh, now or never then, I guess, for mm-hmm. Aston Villa. We went over our lineups. We went over Southampton. We've had a bit of a ramble on the whole situation. Don't really want to speak about new kind of yeah. potential managers. A, because they haven't looked into it. So I'll be doing you no justice at all. But B... Um, I think one of the things this conversation about Dean Smith has lacked is probably respect. Um, I think you see a lot of kind of vitriol thrown back and forth. We'll speak about that if that the time actually comes. Um, I know it's a conversation a lot of people actually want to dig into, but I feel like we can do a better of a, a better job of it if it's a realistic mm-hmm. actual thing yeah. that's actually happened rather than speculation. There's a whole summer for speculation, the whole January for speculation if you want transfers. I think um, you know, Dean Smith, if he hasn't earned an extended run in the job, he certainly has earned a little bit of respect. So that's why I wouldn't want to kind of go yeah. down that road today. And that's my, you know, that's my straight opinion. Pat not nobody has said don't, you know, it's it's yeah. absolutely bang on. Um, but we'll take a few kind of questions just to wrap up, just to get it to the half hour mark. Um, I think one actually come off really relevant. Pat, um, there's a lot of stats involved in this. Um, so perfect for you. It's from Matt Smith. It says, was Smith only successful because of Jack Grealish's record without is atrocious? No hiding from that, is there? Yeah. Um, no. But I would say before I let you dig into it is I think if Jack Grealish was in my football club, I would not, you know, I wouldn't not plan around him. Yeah, I would exactly. not make him the, the guy that makes it work because he's an elite baller. What do you say, mm-hmm. Pat? Like I said earlier, when we had Grealish in the squad, he's one of the most dangerous players in the Premier League. And he's a bit of a luxury player in the fact that you can, the way he controls the tempo of the game, and at least for us anyway, I, don't, I think it might have changed in, while he plays for City. You can afford, he takes a bit of the load and responsibility off other players. So we could play that 4 2 3 1, and then you can get other more attacking players in and around him. And then when you're trying to play the same system and just swap a player like El Ghazi in for him, it's never going to work the same because El Ghazi just doesn't have the same quality that Grealish possesses. And then obviously this season, moving away from that, we've tried other formations and for a while, for a bit anyway, it looked okay. Like Matty Cash has thrived since he's gone. He's more attacking. 
he's also excelled defensively, I think. But yeah, it's it's trying to like you said earlier, we we don't have an identity at this point in time, and we need to find one fast because I think that it is a transitionary period. And but you need results while that happens. You can't just keep plummeting and snowballing into a relegation fight. So it is you can't make excuses without him. I think any manager in the world might struggle a bit though, just losing the player of that quality and your team's completely centered around him. It's difficult. Yeah, that's where you earn your bread though, isn't it? Planning for yeah. that because it was it was on the I mean we all wanted to believe in the summer day wasn't they must have known more than anyone that it was. So you got a plan. Um Lynn Morris says you really think the camera is the answer in midfield? Absolutely not. He was the only midfielder that actually looked halfway decent <laughs> against West Ham, which is why he's getting a lot of mention. Um, poor Jacob Ramsey um, didn't get I don't think he's the answer, but I think he allows us to uncover a bit of the like the attacking threat Louise has. Yeah. I think he, just, he takes the defensive responsibility away from the players that aren't probably as strong defensively for, yeah. like, from him. And then like he does he can't go forward in his passing ability, but that's made up by the freedom that these players then have to go forward with. And I wouldn't want to be kind of this kind of podcast that goes, oh, let's, you know, take knocks at Nakamba for looking like the only yeah. seven out of 10 player in a really poor game. Like he deserves to have praise Sung despite yeah. his many limitations. And um, James Calcutt says, mid- manager. Midfield is a wreck, to be honest. Just kind of scouting through the guy, VJ Garth said, hello, everyone. Uh, I think I saw one from Aston Villa. Our midfield is shocking. Um, yeah, you should know it's your club. Uh, you're, you're Aston Villa. <laughs> um, Dan Jones says the only way Smith can save himself is going on a good run of results. Bang. I think it, you know it's a results based business. We need to see results, yeah. if not performances improve because we've had uh, neither. Uh, JJ Koch says, and you watched the uh, football manager stream yesterday, so thank you for joining in. Can you really see us beating Southampton? Um, no, but want to be an optimist, want to see us win a game, want to believe, want to project that into the uh, the world, want to put it out there so it happens to make it reality. So I've got to say that I want it to happen and uh, I want to see it happen. I'm even as unrealistic as that might seem. Um, these, in, in all honesty, without the joking part and being a bit more serious, mm-hmm. it's these situations where you show, kind of, you have to show what you're made of. So it's either you win, you get the paper of the cracks argument, then you keep winning and you keep performing and you grow. Or you fold, mm-hmm. so it is. I feel like it is a bit much of a, you know, a pivotal moment. Um, John Steele, John Steele said the result Wolves result has knocked us. I feel like there's a lot of comparisons to this one and the Leicester one under Tim Sherwood. Part, um, mm-hmm. any idea on that? Yeah, it's. I mean, it was so like catastrophic and just I couldn't like. There's inexplicable what happened. Like, and it, it was a massive... It, it knocked me for a few days. Like, I think ever the whole fan base was just like, so down after it. Because it was disheartening. Like You get to the 70th or 80th minute, whatever it was, and you think you've got guaranteed three points, you're going to lose. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? But yeah, it has probably knocked the confidence of the players, probably the confidence of the coach staff as well. But you can't let those things affect you. You need to attack every game as it comes. And you can't have a carrier... Like I think... Dean Smith says you can't get too high on the highs and too low on the lows, but it feels like the players have just got way too low on the lows and carried it on into every single game and not reacted at all. So, Yeah, I feel like there was a good uh, conversation happening. I've lost it in the, the kind of stream of comments there, but it's like you have to, it's your job to motivate those players. Um, yeah. 
speak personally there's no football narrative i love more than a manager who's kind of seemingly on his knees that's kind of the narrative that it's you know hit here or now and they fight back and they fight back really well to some success obviously a lot of times that does fold eventually but there's nothing more i love than that bounce back and that hit back but it needs to happen it or it, it needs to happen or there needs to be immediate signs of it mm-hmm. on friday so i know we kind of went oh probably not but it is seemingly yeah. like that is the uh the really really pivotal game coming up um shadow says can't play watkins and ings together just uh, i think that's the last one we'll take pat um because i know time's mm-hmm. ticking on now mate um can't play watkins and ings together can you I don't know. There was there's promising signs when Ings was dropping in deeper, the assist against Everton, and then the goal against Spurs. Like it opens up a bit of space for target. But I think I read a report the other day that said it might have been before the last game they played together. We were saying how they've linked up like twice, and if you're excluding kickoffs, and it's just like, is it working? And then Watkins gets a goal playing up top on his own. I didn't think he was that great in the game. I thought he did he did okay. But you can't really measure that game because the whole performance was off, and obviously ten men. If he hits, if he buries that header that hit the bar, by the way, and we can set up shop with a two-two uh, draw, hopefully in the bag, and it's a different story. And you going into this week a bit different mentality, but yeah, it's one of those. I don't know. I probably need time, and time isn't something that Dean Smith has at the minute, by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's like you open the time wallet, and the moth comes out. It's gone. Yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> We're all in a situation where I think the the owners will be looking. Look, we've invested. We might not have invested in the right way, but the money's been spent. It's not like you can go. Oh, we want to send Danny Ings back. <laughs> you, can't, you can't. You can't. Send that would happen, to be fair. Or is it fourteen point seven xg and only nine goals? So that they're creating chances, but they just haven't got a finisher. So it's clear they're missing Danny Ings. Yeah, uh, so maybe, but like you know, they, they spent the money. It's, it's it's a thing that's happened. So it's it's got to be you know it's t- absolutely time to deliver and stop that rot. Um, but yeah, I think I think we'll call it there. Pat, so uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you everyone for your comments as well. I think it's been it's actually been really. I don't know if you can see them, Pat. It's actually been really respectful, which I think is nice. Yeah, uh, no I've one, enjoyed it. No one bullied either us, Dean Smith, or anyone who has a different opinion, which I think always a positive. Yeah, it's really, it's really important. I think in times like this, it gets a bit toxic and it gets a bit negative. So, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts and uh, you know getting involved and doing it in a really decent way. Because I think that's a, that's a thing we're lacking a lot right now. A lot of people throwing personal stuff at players, manager, people who have different opinions. I mean, you know, probably all guilty of that. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's keep it sound and whatever happens, you know, we'll mm-hmm. be here to cover it and we'll be here to have a community discussion, do it respectfully, and uh, have a bit of fun, hopefully along the way so you know Hopefully. again, <laughs> again uh, thank you very much Pat. And, uh, you know if you want a bit yeah. of fun me pat and dan we play football manager and uh do a worse job of villa managing villa. <laughs> could always be worse could be blue actually isn't our point sally more isn't our point sally higher actually that is true yeah so we, we, doing have, a... we put a few good results together yesterday yeah so we're doing we might be doing a better job but then but who knows you know it's just a bit of fun you come come watch that on the, the YouTube channel. Uh, ideally, a notification goes up when you stream, so subscribe to the YouTube channel, Claret and Blue. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll call it there. Thank you. Have a great day, and uh, we'll catch you later. Up the villa. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.